It's a somewhat bland substance stay at home Christmas special. My name is Scott Mitchell. Thank you so much for joining in this week on the show. Uh, doing things a little bit different. Every radio station, every TV station, uh, I'm sure a lot of podcasts and stuff like that have their own little Christmas special. And we're doing it too. Uh, this week, I do have a co host uh, who is familiar on this show. It's Tim Gavin from The Tim Gavin Show. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, less than a week away from Christmas and, you know, things are a little bit different this year, but, you know, find a ways to be excited. Yeah, I mean, and and just to preface this, because we are probably going to make reference to it a few times, this is Saturday night that we're doing this and we are drinking. Yes. Oh, my God. We are <laughs> we are so totally drinking. And I know you're drinking with us uh, if you're listening at home, too, because, I mean, it's it's Christmas vacation for that matter. Uh, I did my last radio show uh, yesterday, my last live show, and I was like, it, it's weird that I'm only two and a half months into my new job and I already have to take vacation after being off for six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's funny that you should mention that too like i'm still fairly new in my new position but my boss is saying like hey you know if you want to work on like taking a couple days off you know just let us know we'll try and work something out but i'm like no i just got back to work i've been <laughs> spending like the last like six seven months without a job i am in no rush to take a vacation that's fair and it's so when i was signing off on the show I was like, and I sent this in my, um, my Merry Christmas email to the rest of the staff as well. Um, I was like, what do we actually call this? Like, is it vacation? Is it holidays? Is it just random days off? Like nobody, we're not able to do much. So we're not really sure what to call this. Staycation. I guess. Yeah. yeah. We're trying. I'm, I'm just thinking we're just trying to make the best of it at this point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's what we've been doing most of this year. Oh, we were actually chatting earlier uh, before we get further deep into our conversations here today. Uh, we were chatting earlier about just the year in general and how we both forgot that this year was a leap year. Yeah. Right. Like how I can't believe it was a leap year and I just we had it slip off our heads. It's not the only longest that, leap year ever, though. Yeah. It, it, it's been super weird. But not only that, Eminem drops another album yesterday. <laughs> it's right. Side B to Music to be Murdered by, which came out, like, in January. And it, it, it blows my mind that he dropped two albums this year, and I completely forgot about the one. But, I mean, when you think about it, there's this is, like... I know we've said this before when we've done our music meetings and stuff like that. This is now the prime time where artists are going to be coming out with that new music that they've been working on while self-isolating and social distancing. By the way, two words I hope we don't have to say for much longer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but like even Taylor Swift, for example, she had Folklore not or come out not too long ago, and now she's dropped Evermore as well. And not only that, but she's like, she's recording all her old songs again, too. Like, I'm pretty sure she has never left the studio since Girl going doesn't take a break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kudos to her. I need my afternoon nap, but kudos to her. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, honestly, like, good honor for putting out, like, and not only changing things up, but still keeping things quality. Yeah, uh, we can't say the same for some other artists, Katy Perry, for one. Yeah. 
like yeah <laughs> it, it's kind of disappointing uh when you see those artists who did have their their big prime if they will just kind of drop off and filter away even though they are still releasing new music and it's decent quality but it's not doing anything yeah and it kind of feels like the best acts that are making quarantine albums are the ones that are maybe not in the mainstream but parallel to it like uh the two that really like stick out for me are charlie xcx and chromeo both right. released an album and an ep directly about the coronavirus pandemic obviously you know chromie was a little more tongue-in-cheek about it but still both like pretty solid and we're actually going to talk about that uh, whole aspect coming up a little bit later on in the show we're not going to tr- uh, focus too much on the covid aspect because we're trying to make this fun and making this what it can be considering it's 2020 and the year it's been but i do want to talk about coming up in a little bit about um just music and movies and tv and how they're dealing with the pandemic we're gonna give our thoughts on that coming up also on the way uh we are going to talk about the the typical stuff christmas movies christmas tv specials or an episode of a tv show that was just fantastic um we are going to have a typical staple the music meeting is going to be christmas this year or this go around i should say we've got santa joining the show in just a little bit as well uh and we're gonna just talk about i guess a few unique things about how this year is going to be different and we might even be joined with a special guest later on too i can't confirm to that i can't confirm apparently he's also doing a zoom birthday party at this time uh but uh, we might be spanning three provinces tyler carr from winnipeg might be joining us a little bit later on uh on the show here as well so we'll see if that actually happens first though as mentioned we're drinking so cheers man cheers so what are you chugging tonight (laughs) chugging it's wine You can chug wine. <laughs> it's not going to end well if I chug wine, though. But uh, my typical wine of choice is uh, a Yellowtail Shiraz. Um, it sounds fancier than what it is, but it's a really good wine for like $9 a bottle. Oh, yeah. That one's good. My go-to and like, I know it's it's kind of a trashy wine compared to the rest of the wines, but Arbor I Mist. swear to God. Oh, my God. Of course. It was either going to be that or Barefoot, you were going to say. No, no, not barefoot. No, our, our I, missed all the way. Like it is, you know, in Brooklyn Nine Nine, when it says, "I'll have your eight dollarest bottle of wine," that is yeah. the eight dollarest bottle of wine. I remember growing up, like, um, I, I don't know how old I would have been, but my mom was uh, kind of big into the Arbor Mist at one point, and my brother was the one who would just randomly come over and just be like. Oh, you're drinking Fufu wine. I think it was him that started it. Might have been a family friend. I might be getting my stories crossed, but nonetheless, Fufu wine is what it ended up getting called. That is catchy. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Everybody's going to be like, what the hell? Uh, I will say, though, because I did spend a good chunk of 2020 working in a liquor store because we were laid off. Um, So, I mean, shout out to those people that had to deal with the... The idiots in retail this year, because there yeah. was a lot of us. Um, but Arbor Mist wasn't really a big seller. Interesting. I, yeah, I also find it really interesting how like we both ended up like working with alcohol 
as kind of like our in-between <laughs> job because you you got work at a liquor store and I I worked at a literally worked at a brewery. I worked at Ripstone Creek Brewery for a month and I also worked as I was like training as a bartender over at a sports bar in Wainwright and I literally got my pro serve the day that I got hired out here. Oh, oh, so I well, I mean you're good in Alberta for five years. So if you end up coming back for any reason, you're good to go on the alcohol side of things. I was the one who was getting people coming and going. And it's I a big if, though. I'm just saying. I, uh... So I was working at the, the liquor stop in Lac La Biche for... Well, I had started doing the odd shift here and there kind of before we got laid off, even, because I needed the extra money, let's be honest. Yeah. Um... So I I was working there for a better part of six months, though. Um, overall, you know, getting closer to a year that I was actually there helping. Uh, but then in the summer, I also started doing social media and marketing, as well as helping out in the office from time to time as vacation relief at multi-test drug and alcohol testing. <laughs> so I got people coming and going. <laughs> both sides. You're playing both sides. You're always coming out on top. I love it. And and on like obviously I can't say much because of confidentiality in the the second job for that matter. But I'll just say the number of people who would walk in like the next day or two days after and had seen me at the liquor store the night before, they're just like, "Wait, you're doing both of these?" <laughs> it, it was very uncanny. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, speaking of beverages and stuff like that, what's the best out of them all? Because I can't, I honestly can't decide what's going to be my Christmas holidays drink of choice here. Um, I, I might stick with the wine a little bit, although I do that too much. A good seasonal one would be the rum and eggnog, though. Mulled wine. I don't know if I'm big on the mulled wine, though. Just gotta make it right. It's like, do you have a slow cooker? Yes, I do. Okay. Take a slow cooker, pour a whole bottle of wine in there, and just like kind of let it steep in there with some some cinnamon, some cloves, just like some good mulling spices. Just let it sit around all day, and then just have like something warm to help, like you know, warm your soul and get things a little warm and fuzzy. It's 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 good, man. It's good. But oh. my holiday drink of choice, candy cane hot chocolate. Oh, you can't go wrong with candy cane hot chocolate. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's especially when you include a little bit of Bailey's. Well, I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> it, it's so funny. So um, earlier this week, we had our like final promotions call of the year at work. And I'm sitting there, and about 15 minutes before, we get our calendar reminder to hop on the Teams call. And then, like, immediately afterwards, Jackie Ray, my boss, sends an email saying how she's got Bailey's for the boys in the building, Amaretto for Stella, and then she's like, Scott, I hope you have something, too. Well, she actually, her phrase was, I hope you have something in your drawer, too. I don't even have a drawer on my desk. So that was the first note. But uh, Melissa from our sales team here, she came in clutch. She had a little mini bottle of vodka. So there I was just like celebrating at 11 o'clock in the morning with vodka. Nice. 
<laughs> like, this is how we're doing 2020. We might as well continue having weird shit. Yeah. And hey, less than two weeks left. Oh. We are in the home stretch. <clears throat> yeah, but is. We keep saying that, but we all know the uh, trials and tribulations of 2020 are going to be carrying into 2021, especially yeah. the fact that we are in the second wave now. Yeah. But so. I mean, I'm I go back and forth on it, but, you know, overall, I'm still I'm still optimistic about it. Things have got to start like turning soon. One hopes. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, and I, I said this before, I'll say it again, is nobody wanted this to happen. This isn't, and to the conspiracy theorists out there, this isn't some sort of political agenda that everyone has. Nobody wanted our businesses to suffer. Nobody wanted the restaurants to not be able to have dine-in customers. Nobody wanted people losing their jobs. But it requires some give and take here in order to get things back to what they were. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we we kind of got sidetracked there. Uh, as for the Christmas beverages, though, yeah, uh, rum and eggnog, definitely a good way to go. See, I can't do eggnog. I, I've tried. Really? But I it's because I had a very, very negative first experience with eggnog back do when I tell. was... Do tell. Share with the class. Okay, so back when I was just like... Uh, much younger like i think about five or six years old i tried eggnog for the first time obviously no alcohol just had like regular old eggnog yeah chugged a glass and then about half an hour later puking my guts out oh yeah so it was a very negative experience and ever since then like i've been very hesitant to have eggnog i'm there have been some christmases since where i'd have some but it would have to be diluted with milk Okay, um, let me plot this in your mind then. Okay. Think think about eggnog and, you know, just like how it's got the nutmeg and the cinnamon and stuff like that. And think of those spices. Take the egg and the, the dairy factor out of it. Mm -hmm. Think of those spices. Now think of spiced rum with it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, because spiced rum is just gets that extra little kick of spices. And as we've determined earlier, based on a TikTok I saw, there's people that uh, can actually handle spice that are now they're calling ourselves spicy white. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence how I feel about it. But, you know, I guess I guess it's, if it's here to stay, it's here to stay. <laughs> it, it's happening, I think. I think. Uh, OK, moving on from that, though. I have been watching, uh, as everyone else has, a lot of Christmas TV specials on Netflix and a lot of um, episodes of classic TV shows that also have Christmas episodes surrounding them. So whether it is the best Christmas TV special or the best episode of a TV show, which one is it? Gosh, um, I'd say in terms of like quality... For TV episodes, even taking the new episodes into account, The Simpsons by far Ooh. has a lot of like really quality stuff. And not only that, but the pilot episode was a Christmas episode. That's true. 
I forgot all about that, honestly. Yeah, and it's like it—it's it, a, such a heartwarming episode too. So like you're, like you're starting off like one of the greatest comedies of a generation with such a heartwarming episode, where they get Santa's little helper, and it's just the sweetest thing ever. But there is also something to be said, I think, for the Muppet Family Christmas. And this is, it's a very hard to find TV special. It's, it's been very near and dear to my heart since I first got it on VHS back when, again, when I was super little. Mm-hmm. And it, this has never been re-released because it has the Muppets, it has Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, all three of which are owned by completely separate companies. None of which want to let them go. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's just a mess in general. For me, um, if I'm picking Christmas TV special, I mean, you got to go with a classic in there in terms of either like Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It is either one of those. You're just going to get that nostalgia factor from when you were growing up and watching those specials. So that's why I like watching those. But hear me out here on the episode of a TV show. The Office, when Michael gets the $400 iPod for the $20 gift exchange. That's that's a classic moment right there. (laughs) And he wasn't happy with how things went as to who ended up getting it. So then they ended up doing like the, the one where you can steal each other's gifts and stuff like that. And uh, it still didn't end up in his favor. Ah, poor Michael Scott. Poor Michael Scott. He 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 tried though. He was just trying, trying to live his best life, get everyone on his level. Nobody can be on Michael Scott's level. Let's be honest. That's a whole yeah. like other tier. Yeah, it might be a lower tier, but it's a whole other tier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christmas movie though. Christmas movie. Um. Huh. It's a, it's a really tough call because there are so many good ones. Again, kind of leaning more towards the Muppets. Um, huge fan of a Muppet Christmas Carol. But, you know, kind of switching over franchises. Um, Die Hard, another, another good one. <laughs> this, it was a new development for me. I only recently started getting into Die Hard and watching that. Uh, it's ever since my, uh, my days up in Peace River. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another one was brought up to me last night, similar along the lines of, and we are not going to talk about this because it's crappy show prep. And we're not going to talk about that. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? But another one that's along the same lines is Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I've started seeing that one pop up. And I'd say it's still, it's still it's a Christmas movie, but less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. True. True. Yeah. Um, I am going to go with one that really like was fantastic in our childhood and is very quotable. Uh, Elf is a good one. Love Elf. By the way, did you see the holiday movies that made us the first like episode with that was featuring Elf? I'm about, hang on, let me look at my TV. Yeah. (laughs) I'm about halfway through it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I watched that uh, while I was putting together my Christmas tree a couple weeks ago. And it was delightful. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, the other one that is always, again, 
fantastic and quotable and classic. You can not go one Christmas season without watching National Lampoons. Believe it or not, I've only ever seen that movie once. Excusez-moi? <laughs> yep. I, I, I like it. I enjoy that Christmas movie, but the first time that I ever saw it was, I think it was my second Christmas in Wainwright. And I was, it was with um, my girlfriend at the time, spending Christmas over with her family. Right. And we were, we, we watched it. And yeah, that's like, that's the only time that I've managed to get around to watching it. But I have a digital copy and I do intend to probably watch it either tonight or tomorrow. Well, I mean, you have a lot of time on your hands this Christmas. So make, that I do. Uh, make use of watching those Christmas movies that you haven't had a chance to yet. Um, and then, of course, there's Home Alone. Yes, that is, but- that is a must, but only the first one. I don't know. Number two is fine, except for a certain person making a cameo in it. Yeah. Um, By the way, (laughs) if you ever hear anyone complaining about them removing him from the TV broadcast of that, that is not a new development. It has been like that literally for years. When you think about it, typically what's the allotment that um, a, a TV channel will give for a movie two hours about, right? Yeah. So so when you factor it in, that's a movie that's probably about an hour 20, hour 25, and then you got all the commercials to pack in there, and we all both know working in the media that there is a lot of commercials this time of year to pack in. Oh, yeah. Um, the inventory is very, very... Huh. <laughs> but... Um, it is literally a 15-second part of the movie that pertains to nothing else in the movie and i would rather watch like the worst 15 second ad than have to see (laughs) that guy's face but that being said it's not christmas until i hear Catherine o'hara scream kevin at least once and now you can do that on tiktok she recreated that (laughs) with uh Stu walker of the rec laws yeah (laughs) um I, I want to hop on that one for a second as well. Did you see the story that people were just figuring out that Catherine O'Hara played Kevin's mom, but she also played Moira Rose in Shit's Creek? Yeah, I just I, I've started seeing that, too. And, you know, I'll be honest, like it, it took me watching a couple episodes of Shit's Creek to like make that connection. It's like, oh, but, but it's the but this is going the opposite way. Yeah. Because Wait, really? Schitt's Creek is this big phenomenon now, uh, really like a Canadian treasure uh, because it won how many awards at the Emmys? Like yeah. eight, six or eight, something like that. And uh, so people have been really getting into watching Shit's Creek. I'll admit my first week in Camrose, I rewatched the entire series again because season six had just came out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I'm still on season one. But, you know, I've I'm still not entirely sold on it yet, but I hear it gets better in season two. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Um, just everything about it gets better. And uh, the fact that the chemistry is already there between Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. And then you throw in the fact that uh, Dan Levy is in it yet, too. And Dan Levy's sister plays Twyla. 
Huh. The the waitress. So it's a family affair on yeah. Emmy award-winning shit. About, about Dan Levy, I really like his sense of style. Like a lot of the outfits that he wears in that show, like I want that in my wardrobe. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I mean, we'd never be able to afford it because we make radio wage and those are probably three hundred dollar outfits. Probably, but you know, I, I bet hope. you could probably, like, thrift an approximation of it. Oh, thrifting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All also, over the thrifting. Speaking of Dan Levy, his his character in Schitt's Creek, does he give off Kyle Phillips vibes? Like, I don't know why, but he... He remind. Oh, yeah, and if... Yeah, obviously, you know, filling in on who that is, um, old... For old coworker of ours, I guess so technically I'm I'm working with him again, sort sort of to a degree because we're both on. You're the same in the company. same company. Yeah. But to answer your question, a little bit. Kyle, Kyle has his own sense of humor and uh, even sets of style for that matter. Yeah. Like I, I've seen, I've full on seen Kyle wearing a jean jacket. You would never see David wearing a jean jacket in Shit's Creek. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's, uh, they, they both have their own uniqueness about them, but a little bit, I could see that a little yeah. bit. Like they um, just, they, they radiate that same energy. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And not that that's a bad thing at all. No, on, they're amazing. It's what, it's what I like. It's what drew me in. Uh, so uh, I ha- and you may have heard me earlier when I was talking about it. I, I threw in the full Emmy Award winning Shit's Creek. I got to fill everyone in on the, the recurring joke with that now. We obviously cannot say the word shit on the radio. You we just said it. This isn't going to radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can say it if I want. We're being loose with this one. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, in that so, case, I got, I gotta, I gotta say some uh, <clears throat> shit, piss, fuck, cut, and cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. Going back to what I was saying. Thank you, Tim. Uh, <laughs> this is a Christmas episode. Damn it! Wholesome <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, a capital H. Anyway, uh, so. We can, however, say Shit's Creek because it's in context. So I now have a button on my Vox Pro where it's literally just Alexa saying, Ew, David. So now just anytime I want to say shit, I just say Emmy Award winning Shit's Creek and then play Ew, David. <laughs> I love it. Work around. It's fantastic. I don't think people have caught on quite yet, and I've done it maybe a handful of times in the last week, but they'll figure it out. I- I'm determined when I get back from my holidays that people are actually going to catch on to it. That's for yeah. sure. Um, okay. Now, we've talked about movies, we've talked about TV, we mentioned earlier about music and whatnot. You said the Charlie XCX uh, and Chromeo EPs that are out. Do we think things like that are handling the coronavirus the way they should, or what's the deal with that? Um, well, the way I see it, I am not going to fault anyone for making a quarantine-themed album. I see it as, right now, 
Not so much as cashing in on a trend as just being therapeutic. Yeah. Is it going to age well, though? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, uh, I'm I'm going to talk about more of this on my own podcast. Yeah. I'm going to touch in on this a little bit. But I think the quarantine anthems that are going to age the best are the ones that don't make any mention of it at all, but are so vague that, you know, if you were there, you'd get it. But if you weren't, you could come up with your own meaning. That's fair. I can, I can honestly see, like, okay, I'll take uh, the Luke Combs song, um, Six Feet Apart, as an example here, because uh, that's the first one that pops to mind of a song that trended high on mainstream country charts and such. Um, it's, uh, it's right for the moment. Yeah. But that song talks about, you know, how things will get better when, you know, we don't have to be six feet apart from each other. Um, when we are through this, you will never hear that song played on a country station ever again. No, like as soon as things do get better, that song is going to go into the hold category so fast, if not straight up deleted from libraries. We're not even playing it right now in our regular rotation. Yeah. Like it is already ran its course and is out of the library. Granted, we have Luke Combs' song Better Together, which has a different meaning to it, but has a phrase that's been used all throughout 2020 once again. We're playing that pretty heavy right now. So, I mean, you kind of have to have a little bit of a trade-off for artist separation and stuff like that. But six feet apart, I haven't played on this station since I started. Yeah. One thing I am waiting for, and this is this is kind of a prediction for what's going to happen in 2021. There's going to be an artist that probably, like, is going to release, like, their own, like, quarantine... Maybe maybe an album, but probably at least a single. And they are probably going to bear the brunt of the criticism for like overdone trends of quarantine albums. Everyone else, maybe not so much, but I feel like one artist or one band is probably going to take the brunt of the criticism. Do we want to place bets as to who that would be? Absolutely not, because it's just <laughs> going to jinx it. That's fair. But I'm going to guess that it would probably be someone who uh, who was very popular and is maybe starting to get on their way out. I'm going to take it one step further. Okay. I am going to say it is probably going to be a group from or an artist from when we were uh, growing up. So either in the late 90s or in the 2000s at some point. It's going to be somebody from that era who is going to think that that is going to be their way to make a comeback and it is going to fail miserably. Are you thinking what are you thinking who I'm thinking? Let's let's say on three our our prediction. Okay. One, One two, three. Katy Perry. Sugar Ray. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be Sugar Ray. <laughs> that is a bold prediction, and I I have so much respect for it. <laughs> I that that's where I'm coming from with it is, um, you know, I I just have this feeling that Mark McGrath is going to be that guy. 
I'm just gonna do some research because I remember seeing something about Sugar Ray they, in 2020. They, I believe, performed at a music festival in South Dakota, I think, and a whole bunch of people caught COVID there. Ah, yeah, that. Or that it was makes... a biker rally. A biker rally. Right. Yeah, it was them and Smash Mouth. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, here I'm just gonna I'm gonna look that up really quick here. <laughs> just verify our sources Ray. because that is what we do. Just type in Sugar Ray Biker Rally, see if it comes up. Yeah. Let's see here. But uh while you're doing that, I know I talked about this on the um the podcast yeah. last week also um, i'm not i'm actually not finding anything about about them being at that biker rally okay maybe um, it was smash mouth then yeah it was smash mouth but i am reading something about sugar ray lead vocalist mark mcgrath to host virtual concert so yeah it you know it might not have been sugar ray Okay, I'll eat my words then, and it might be Smash Mouth that will just sub in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I know I talked about this on the podcast uh, a little bit last week, but reason I wanted to have this conversation is mainly because of the movie Songbird, uh, starring KJ Apa and Sophia Carson. Demi Moore is in it as well. Um, the Michael Bay pandemic thriller. Oh, Ooh. God. It's, Too soon. It's, but it's like this is how i characterized it it was basically a show about the love interests between uh sophia carson and kj appa's characters and the only thing really that was there about the pandemic was the fact that the pandemic had happened and things mutated and there were isolation camps but they focus a lot on the love story so it's not really a pandemic thriller in my mind i know but like the fact that it still like was made and like while it was still going on like i could kind of understand if it was like afterwards but it's still like with it like being in the middle not even the middle, like still like fairly early on. The fact that someone was like decided as soon as we started going into lockdown, you know, I'm going to write a script about this and like putting in a whole a bunch of stuff that conspiracy nuts were worried about. I, I saw that this movie was being made and like I right from the start, I wanted it to fail so bad. I will give a little bit of credit where credit is due, though. At least they made the best use of the time of L.A. being shut down. That they were able to easily recreate what that would be if everyone was stuck in their homes in 2023 when this movie is set. Yeah, but at the same time, I hope people don't approach this movie thinking that it was like an iconic classic no it's, it's not, not going to age well i mean it's a solid seven minus one point for michael bay not knowing how to read the room yeah um, were there any michael bay explosions <laughs> no uh <laughs> not get another point then <laughs> tim's just looking to take as much off of this as he can yeah um, it does not deserve to be good it is not going to age well a hundred percent not happening um it is one, though, that if you're going to watch it, you have to watch it while the pandemic is going on. Otherwise, it's just 
in the future, it's not going to make any sense. I will recommend, though, that if you have a shit ton of uh, scene points like I do, that you use those to rent it from Cineplex instead. Yeah, because, you know, it's pro- you might not even get a chance to use those post-pandemic, so may as well cash in. Well, Dude, I, have like 40, in I have like 40 some thousand points. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I was how also. How were you saving up? Like, do they expire or. No. Uh, so I think it's also because my um, debit and credit cards are linked as well. Yeah. Like, I have the Scotiabank scene debit and scene visa. And so for every dollar you spend, you get a certain number of points on those cards. Uh, so I was, uh, when I went to Lac La Biche, I had, think I had about, I don't know, maybe eight, nine thousand, something like that. But then I was in Lac La Biche for six years where our closest Cineplex was in Edmonton. So, I mean, I didn't really have a chance to use it that often. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about changing my cards at this point. Like, it's just going to happen. I can uh, buy movies from Cineplex and stream them right on my TV and stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm freaking golden. How old does it work, by the way? Uh, it's good. I Like, it's an actual Cineplex app through Roku. Okay. That, uh, that is right on my TV and it's just got my account there. So I rented songbird on my phone and I was able to pull it open on the TV. So nice. I've actually been getting really into um, like renting some movies off of Google play. Um, let's see. I've rented. I actually bought a couple movies too, but I recently rented uh, the, um, the high definition remastering of pink Floyd's delicate sound of thunder concert. Ooh. Ooh. And it was one of those times where like it was it was good seeing it as I did, but I really wish I had a better sound system to work with because like Pink Floyd is just one of those bands that just like there is a definite like boost in the experience when you is have high end audio equipment. That's not on uh Quello, is it? No. Damn. I'm looking at Quello right now, and yeah, not there. Also, my Quello membership finally stopped working. Oh, they finally disabled everything. <laughs> finally, yeah. I managed to get like a good like five months. Oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? Technically, we were technically we were still employed during that time. Yeah, yeah. Just not so, not working. Yeah. So you know, kudos to them for at least like giving us something to do in the meantime. Well, I mean, they weren't about to take away our uh, our pride and joy and concerts on our phone on us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, we are going to take a quick uh, drink replenishing break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa, we're going to talk to him uh, in this little break. And we will be back with the Christmas music meeting which Tim and I have sought out uh, mostly originals for this year, which is, which is something that's good, but there yeah, is, well, still... if we're going to talk new music. We may as well talk new music. And there's, you know, kind of what we've had a conversation about uh, as to all of the COVID aspects and music and stuff like that, that COVID aspect is in some of the Christmas music as well. So that's coming up somewhat bland substances, stay at home Christmas special. 
Key is finally joining us on the line. It's been a long time coming. The big man himself. Are you there? Merry Christmas. He is How's there. How's doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. You? Oh, I'm doing just great. Just getting ready for Christmas all over the place. See, I feel special because this is the second time I've talked to you this year. I was up in Lac La Biche a few weeks ago, and you were so gracious to come on there. And now you are definitely uh, gracious enough to join me here as well. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem, Scotty. Anytime, anytime. So how have the kids of the area been recently? Oh, this is quite an exceptional year. Um I think we're kind of doing away with the naughty list for kids this year. I think all the kids have been pretty good through all of this. Well, and I mean, they've probably been doing a lot better in terms of the masks and stuff than some adults. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You have no problem at all. Tell a kid to put a mask on, he puts a mask on. Tell an adult to put a mask on and, well, but that's another story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We don't have time to get into that. That would take forever. No, 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 (laughs) no. Santa's lucky. I'm immune, according to Mr. Kenny. Yeah, so while we're on that, I thought, you know what? Well, maybe we should get some frequently asked questions from kids this year. <laughs> because and, and, and they might be, you know, questions for all years, or they might be, you know, COVID-specific. One of them wants to know if they need to leave sanitizer out for you when you get your milk and cookies. <laughs> Never hurts to sanitize your hands. Do it often, do it frequently. So, yes, please leave sanitizer out for Santa. Okay, while we're on that topic, I got another one in asking what your favorite type of cookie is. My favorite type of cookie is any cookie that a girl or boy leaves for me. Uh, I I don't know if you're Santa or the cookie monster at this point. Oh, cookie. That's yeah, actually really like good. He monster too. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, do you think they they, they modeled him after? <laughs> I, I got another one in saying uh, my little one's question is how does Santa come down the chimney if there's no chimney? <laughs> Santa magic. It's always Santa magic. Like, haven't you ever watched the Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> we just we just make a chimney. We use Santa magic. Make a chimney. Come on down. Zip back, put our presents out, zip back up, down a magical way the chimney. So this, you do have a chimney, you just don't know it. <laughs> this one asking, uh, my daughter wants to know if Santa will still come to our home if our kitten is awake. <laughs> yes, we, we don't worry too much about kittens. We love all animals, so you're safe if your kitten's awake. <laughs> And we are back uh, from our first part of our chat with Santa. He is uh, coming up again later on in the show. Uh, He does have a little bit of an update for me. I talked to him a few weeks ago when I was up in Lac La Biche, and apparently I was on the nice list at that point, but things might have changed. Ooh. So we'll hear from him on that one. A little bit later on in the show. Uh, I didn't even know it was possible for Scott to get on the naughty list. Oh, I thought you were going to say possible for me to get on the nice list. (laughs) No, are you kidding me? Like, you were like Mr. Golden Boy. I was fully, like, expecting you to say nice list, like, take a shot at me. But, like, that? What? No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Something that is a staple 
on both of our podcasts, Somewhat Planned Substance, The Tim Gavin Show, uh, is the music meeting, and we've gone Christmas with this one. Uh, by the way, did you notice I'm wearing my ugly Christmas sweater tonight? Yes, and I love that sweater <laughs> on you. That is so cool. Uh, shout Whereas out. I, I don't have anything Christmassy. I left my Christmas sweater back in Alberta. Oh, damn. I'm yeah. honestly, I half expected you to like come on the the call tonight and have like the kilt on that you wore to the Christmas party a couple of years ago. I miss that kilt so much. <laughs> okay. Uh but we've gone Christmas uh with our music meeting this go around and we're starting off with Carly Rae Jepsen doing sad girl shit. It's not Christmas till somebody cries. But even if it is sad girl shit, it's it's still like it's pretty good and it's not it's not that sad. It's more it's more just relatable than anything. <laughs> and that's it's one thing that I like about Carly Rae Jepsen. Like she can make like anything like sad sound kind of happy. It's that's like true. yeah, you you got to deal with your racist relative. You got to deal with people getting drunk. You got to deal with like your family saying like, "Hey, when are you going to get married and start having kids?" And this Christmas. year, and this year, you're gonna have the virtual Christmases with your family and your crazy Uncle Dave, who thinks COVID's a conspiracy. Luckily for me, none, none of those uncles in my family know how to use a computer. Ah, there we go. Uh, okay, so where are they getting their conspiracy theories then? Just making them up. Okay. But you ever notice, like, no matter where you get them, it's always, it's always like the same bunch of people. And they throw every single one at you at once. Yeah. Like, they don't even give you time to digest and argue. It's just like, here's my 16 reasons why I won't wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, as you were saying with Carly Rae, yeah, she does have that, that vibe about her where she can make anything like still sound happy and just relatable in general. Yeah. Like she is like very much like the working person's pop star. And like to think of how big of a name she got to be even South of the border when, uh, call me maybe was released. And then she started working most of her tracks south of the border. And then she started working on most of her tracks south of the border. So they didn't count as, count as CanCon anymore. Um, she uh, she only came in what? Like she finished seventh in Canadian Idol, I think. Yeah, but really it's like that's kind of where you want to be in Canadian Idol if you want to ever actually have any success in music. Like that's true. When's the last time that you saw a hit from like Rex Gowdy or something? Oh God, I forgot about that name. Yeah, there was a Christmas song three years ago that Theo Tams was on. Oh yeah, remember him? Theo Tams. Now there's a name I have not heard in a long time. Okay, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Three O Three's Kisseltoe? I. Like a lot of 303 stuff, it kind of goes into that like guilty pleasure territory. Yeah. It, it's a it's a good enough song. It's just that these guys are too old to be singing about being home from college for the holidays. They were in med school by the time that they had formed 303. 
Yeah. And now they are in their mid-30s. Um, I also got a lot of vibes off of uh, this song from, and I think this was 2017, where These Kids Wear Crowns released a Christmas song called K-I-S-S. Oh, I forgot about that one. And it's very, very similar to me to this 303 song. A little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, as soon as I started listening, I'm like, wait a second. Which one is better, though? Do I have to pick? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Um, if I have to choose... I'll give it to KISS. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm leaning more towards 303 personally. And like the general vibe that I get from this song and like that's really what I like the most about 303 is just the vibes that they they give off from their music. Not necessarily the lyrics itself, but like you get this like almost nostalgic feel from it at this point. This feels like the perfect song for a Christmas house party that nobody has ever put on. And nobody will be putting on this year. Yeah. Maybe next, <laughs> maybe next year for Lucky. Oh. Definitely next year, 2022. Dude. Next year, dude, we better have freaking ragers for Christmas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've, I've got this, like, whole, like, post-pandemic list of stuff that i want to do like i've been i've been keeping track of all the holidays that i've like had to skip because of this and when this is over and when i get a chance to go back to edmonton and spend a few days back there with some friends and family i'm going to spend all though that whole day spending all the holidays at the exact same time so you're gonna see me in <laughs> so my you're banana suit <laughs> and like some green face paint having a beer on White Ave, opening Christmas presents, singing Christmas carols, and eating Easter eggs. You are easily going to become a TikTok star in Edmonton. Oh, don't say that. I don't I don't want to I don't want to be on TikTok. Oh, you will. If it's not TikTok, you'll be on Reddit. I uh, I'm a little more okay with that. <laughs> Still though, the public yeah. aspect, dude. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, I I just, I just want to have a good time and just like reunite with so many people like and our conversation earlier about like rest going to visit restaurants you are not going to olive garden when this is over you and me when we get a chance to hang out i'm gonna take you and we are going to have like some local real italian food and like just visit local businesses no more of this chain stuff especially uh, olive olive garden life is too short for olive garden Okay, I will defend a little bit when it comes to the chain stuff because there are a lot of franchises that are out there that do have local owners. I guess, yeah. Like when the ones that come to mind are like BPs and Mr. Mike's and Brew House and stuff like that that do have the local owners. Yeah. Um, like Ryan at Mr. Mike's here in Camrose, for example. Fantastic dude. Uh, first day that we i was here uh we went for lunch uh between gruff myself uh melissa from the sales team and our engineering team was also in town we went to mr mike's for uh for lunch 
and Ryan paid for our meal for us. So like, no thanks to those local owners who are still very involved in the community and stuff like that, who, even though they're a part of a bigger chain, they everything is still ran locally. Yeah. Like, hats off to you. Yeah, like, those, those are the exception. But, like, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. Uh, okay, Lady A's Christmas Through Your Eyes. Very, it's it's a very wimpy Christmas song. A little bit, but I still enjoy it. Like, I I generally don't really consider myself much of a country fan, but for Christmas music, I am a bit of a sucker for the Christmas songs that they come up with, just because they really set a tone. Like, it's when country gets just gets super cozy, and this song is like one of the coziest songs that I've heard all year. And Lady A, like, might be the exception to the rule for some of those people who aren't huge country fans. I'll admit, like, before I got here, wasn't the biggest country fan. Now I'm working on a country station. I'm walking around, like, singing along to Lady A all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's also because we're playing Champagne Night and Heavy at the moment. Um, but nonetheless, like, even going back to the top 40 days... Like, I would throw songs like Need You Now into the log because they did make it big still on the Hot AC Top 40 side. Yeah, and Need You Now, I, I do enjoy that one. Yeah, there, there's a few of those, like, ballady type ones. Lady A does ballads very well. They do upbeat songs very well as well when you think of, like, Downtown and Bartender and Champagne Night now as well. But their ballads are kind of... A big forte, like Hillary's got the perfect voice for them matched up with Charles Kelly. I, I I really like his solo work. Like he had this this song called "The Driver," and it had him and a couple other guys on it. Anyway, it, yeah, it was it it kind of like hung around the bottom of the country charts, but that was like one of my favorite country songs of that year. Yeah, it's. Uh... It seems to me that they do come out with a lot of the catchier stuff. And even though, like I said, this is a little bit wimpy uh, in terms of a country Christmas song, um, it's it's still one of those ones that, like you said, gets you kind of in that Christmas mood. Uh, now we move to Tim Gavin's favorite duo of all time. I say that <laughs> so tongue in cheek. <laughs> uh we got a double shot from dan and shay uh first is take me home for christmas uh and then christmas isn't christmas after that yeah so right off the bat i want to say i actually didn't mind these really I listen to these again because that is not what i heard from we should probably or i should probably go to bed yeah no that was kind of that was a lame song but i don't know these these two songs i didn't mind them and this might just be me trying to be less negative about stuff. Like, cause I don't know. I'm just, I'm so tired of like dunking on bands. I want to like seek out like stuff that I like about it. Even the good if qualities. Yeah. The good qualities. And I will say that, you know, Dan and Shay, they're, they're really sounding good on these two songs. And they almost kind of tell a story if you play them back to back and have a little bit of imagination like I do. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, we have been playing Take Me Home for Christmas 
on our stations. We don't have Christmases and Christmas in the system, but we've been playing Take Me Home for Christmas, which seems to be the single for this year. Um, and uh, I always love making the joke as I'm front selling it of nobody's taking anybody home for Christmas this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I, I can really see the appeal for this because it's like, the whole vibe that I get from it, from like hearing the lyrics, it's like a song about a guy who just wants the kind of Christmas where, you know, he can like go like get introduced to his girlfriend's family or his significant other's family. And I can kind of relate to that right now because like, you know, I got into a relationship this year and like literally all I want right now is just to spend Christmas with my girlfriend. And yeah, I just, I miss her so much. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, our buddy Ethan, uh, who actually had the job here before I took it over, he's in Edmonton now. Um, but uh, him and I were talking uh, right after you got the job out in Vanderhoof. And uh, I got he... the job in Vanderhoof. Did I say it wrong? Yeah, because he got he got the job in Edmonton. I'm the one who got hired in Vanderhoof. I'm I'm honestly not going on with what I'm what's happening in this brain right now. Well, uh, clearly <laughs> uh, the drinks are working. <laughs> okay, so I screwed up. Whatever. So you got the job in Vanderhoof, and uh, he was like, um, "I feel bad for the dude because like just got into a relationship and ended up moving right away." Yeah. So, but you know, it's life, and you know if. If it's meant to be, it'll work, you know? As uh, Edie Rexha and FGL said, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. <laughs> Maybe if it's meant to be. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, moving on to Megan Trainer's My Kind of Present. Yeah. Another artist that I'm not, like, a super huge fan of, but had I feel like Megan Trainer is in her element when she makes Christmas music. Like, she's That's like, true. She, She's the kind of singer who I feel was just always meant to have like a, a hit Christmas album and be listened to every year. Like she just, it, it's like not only her style of music, but also her voice and just like her cheerfulness in general. I, I feel like that just like blends itself well to making like, you know, kind of cheesy Christmas pop. And it's just really endearing. And really uh, it's her ability to, despite whether or not you enjoy them or not, make a bop yes exactly like, like i'm not i'm not a huge in your head i'm not a huge fan of her other stuff you know no and me too and songs like that uh but people did consider those bops when they were dropped yeah i feel like dr seuss over here yeah <laughs> drop drop in the bop hey there we go um and then Dolly Parton. Oh, I should have Melissa on the call for this one from our sales team. She is a huge Dolly Parton fan. Huge. How could you not love Dolly Parton, though? Like, everything about oh. her is just wonderful. That's true. But Melissa, um, like, it, it, I, I think she'll even admit the obsession is real. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, for example... The front license plate on her car is Dolly's signature. Uh, her phone case has the signature Dolly as well. Um, I think even on her car, I think even on the window, there's like little decals 
that yeah. have Dolly on it. Like, she's full-on Dolly, man. Impressive. And she has... Uh, this year, Dolly has uh, a pair of collaborations out. The first one is with Jimmy Fallon. And it's a cover of All I Want for Christmas is You. Which is a song I have very mixed feelings about because, you know, it. I won't deny it's a good song. It might be the last good Christmas song, but... Uh, I worked retail <laughs> in, a pa- in a past life. And, you know, when you work in retail, you just start not liking that song because you just hear it over and over. I don't know. And over have again. I have I told it on this podcast before the story that um, my friend Luke, also former co-host, had told me about his time in retail and. He specifically doesn't like Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And the reason for it is, is when he worked retail, his boss would constantly put a CD on in the store and it would be the Glee album with Don't Stop Believing on it. So it just ruined the song for him. Oh, yeah, I I can relate to that. Uh, In between retail and radio, I worked at a hotel for a couple years and they had the uh, the 60s satellite radio station that would be in constant rotation. And it would play like the same 20 songs, including Animals, House of the Rising Sun. And to this day, I still can't stand that song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but those satellite channels, that's what they do. Like I knew we in radio... We get a lot of flack for for being repetitive, but, but satellite is so much worse. Oh my God, uh, 80s on eight. If you've ever listened to that, guaranteed, anytime you turn it on, you are gonna hear one night in Bangkok. Yeah, Murray Head is always gonna be on there. That or they always play uh, video killed the radio star as well, which is ironic because. All of the uh, personalities on 80s on 8 were former MTV VJs. <laughs> also, yeah, it's, and also, yeah, that's just like, man, if, if even Alanis Morissette couldn't have had a better example for irony. <laughs> right. Uh, but other than that, other than the the Dolly Jimmy uh, Fallon collaboration, she's also got a collab out with Mr. Christmas himself, the King of Christmas, Mr. Michael, Michael Buble. Yeah, uh, he never really came out of the woodwork this year, out of his Christmas cave, except for this one with Dolly, cuddle up, cozy down, Christmas. Yeah, and this is it. I find it has kind of more of a retro sounding vibe to it. It does, like. When I hear this, I think of like stuff like "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" and and "Run Run Rudolph," like those kind that kind yeah. of like era of Christmas songs. I think it fits in with that perfectly, and I think that if there ever was going to be a future Christmas classic, this would be it. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get that retro kind of vibe with Dolly anyway. She yeah. likes to stay true to the traditional country roots, but yet still, as she's releasing stuff like this, modernize things. Yeah. To a certain degree as well. So, which explains why both of the country stations that serve cameras specifically are airing the Dolly Parton Christmas special this year. So, that should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Hootie. Hootie, man. They're out with Hootie one. and the Blowfish. Yeah, they have one uh, with Abigail Hodges on featured vocals uh, with a song that is very symbolic for this year called Won't yep. Be Home for Christmas. And like a lot of Hootie and the Blowfish after Cracked Review, it's okay. I like it. I, I, I get the feel-good vibes from it, but yeah, it's it, it, it cuts a little deeper this year, you know? Yeah, I... If they would have released this last year, we probably would have been like, eh, okay, whatever. But this year, it's like, dudes, what are you doing? Yeah. Even though the song is like, even like listening to the lyrics, like it's very specifically for military families. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like even then you can just kind of like stretch it out a little bit more and have it like be about everyone's Christmas. Cause yeah, a lot of us aren't going to be home for Christmas this year. Um, did you ever hear, and I think I, I, I'm just bringing this up because we're talking about Hootie and Darius Rucker was a big member of Hootie, the lead singer, right? Yeah. And now he's gone country. Um, I, I think this is extremely important to discuss and talk about this year with the Black Lives Matter movement that has gone on. Did you ever hear the story of what happened the first time Darius Rucker walked into a country radio station. I think it was in Nashville. Uh, I could be wrong on that one, but with his first single in hand or first big single that they were trying to make uh, huge in hand, what they said to him. Um, I don't know, but I imagine it's probably going to be kind of racist. The quote was something to the effect of, we don't know if our audience is ready for a black country artist. Which is very odd, considering how big of a name Charlie Pride was. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, holy crap. He walked in in 2008 with Don't Think I Don't Think About It, which made number one on U.S. country, number three in Canada. And... Uh, they that's what they said to him just like jesus mind blowing christ yeah <laughs> and now like all his songs are hits really at the end of the day um people have really embraced it yeah so it's just like i said mind blowing to me that that actually yeah, happened but I'm going to say this now. I think we I, I think the time has come where we we desperately need more diversity in country music for sure. And it's happening a little bit, a little bit, but kind of more on the underground, too. Yeah. Uh, the one that comes to mind that really made it big this year is uh, Mickey Guyton. Yeah. And like she has been around for a while, too. Like I remember like one of her first early hits back when I was up in Peace River. Like we added we added one of her songs. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like didn't really take off as much. But now she's uh, like her big song this year was called Black Like Me. Yeah. Um, and now she's on a song with Dean Brody called Boys. She's featured vocals on that, so she's teaming no, up with her. I didn't know that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty new. I think we're a month into playing it, maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's um, 
you're 100% right. But yeah, just talking about Hootie made me think about that moment. Um, and I, I, It was Paul McGuire that I was hearing on the radio. He was talking about it. And I just kind of sat there. I was like, like, what? That was actually said to the dude? Yeah. So and now we have people complaining about masks in 2020. Can you imagine the oppression back then? I know, right? Uh, now we get back into the pop side of things a little more. The Canadian boy Rylan James out with a song called Little Christmas. I actually really like this. I like this a lot more than I thought I would. Considering his cover of Please Come Home for Christmas last year was just kind of it was just kind of there. Yeah, but this has like a little bit of spice to it. You know, spicy white. You know, who kind of, <laughs> you know who this kind of reminds me of? Who? I get a bit of a Jimmy Ray kind of vibe from it. Okay. Yeah, like there's like a little like slight hint of rockabilly in there. Yeah, I, I can but it's, see like, that. It's mostly pop. It's like you, you get like kind of like Elvis-ish kind of vibe to it. I mean, you know what I mean? When you look at the dude, you don't think that that voice is going to come out of him. Yeah, like it. That's it, that alone is uh, a shocking aspect. And I think we got that. What was his first single? The one that we played as trending track. Yeah. Oh. Um, now I got to look this up. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, you're on yeah. it. OK, but yeah, on his on, it. <laughs> on his first single, like we 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 heard it and we all liked it and we, it went to air. And then we realized what the dude looked like afterwards. And we're like, he's just a kid. Yeah. Oh, in my head. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That and that was a great song. Uh oh, was it? But it wasn't trending track. I lied on that one. I think it came out of nowhere, and then we just added it. Yeah. Kind of. Blind. I don't know. I feel like that was a that was a trending track though. <laughs> it might have been. They all blurred. Yeah. And now we got trending track on country, so they're all blurring together. <laughs> uh okay uh what else do we got here um jonas brothers i need you christmas i enjoy it it's it's a solid three out of five for me i like the music itself it sets a scene but i kind of wish that they had sung just a little deeper i mean yeah to me it's um it's yet it's, another um, typical Christmas ballad. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's typical Joe Bros. But yeah, it's it, it, it's good overall. I can see I can see the Jonas Brothers fandom liking it. It it doesn't do a whole lot for me though. No, no. It's just kind of yeah. there. But it's solidly okay. <laughs> i'm not gonna skip okay. it okay fair enough uh and then uh more canadiana with tyler shaw maybe this christmas and we knew if it wasn't gonna be michael buble that tyler shaw would have a christmas song yeah but he is good at christmas songs you gotta admit that like his whole his voice his demeanor it's just like he did a freaking wicked cover last year of brian adams christmas time yeah he did like the guy, the guy knows how to sing a Christmas song. Like this is like, again, he, he gives off like this cozy vibe with his music. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, and that's even with a lot of his, uh, mainstream, like out of Christmas season ads that you do other than like 
your wickeds and stuff like that. But if you think like House of Cards, for example, kind of just make you feel a little cozy as well. Yeah, yeah. My my big criticism with this is that I wish it was like a minute longer. I mean, it's a typical Christmas song length, though. Like 205, like that's, it's that's typical. true. But it, I don't know. It left me wanting more. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> Pentatonics. Pentatonics, yep. we were again expecting another Christmas album from them. And they took Jingle Bell Rock, all the same lyrics, changed it up to a pop song. Called and it made Jingle- it the perfect Phil song. Yeah, they call it Jingle Bell Pop, but they're still singing Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't get it either. And, you know, a lot of people like Pentatonics. My mom especially really likes them, but they do nothing for me. I'm just, I'm not really a huge fan of acapella. They're a soccer mom group, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a thing. Yeah. But again, that one minute, 46 second runtime, you know, I, that alone makes me see the appeal because like, there's gonna, it's gonna be like, oh, hey, I'll just, I'll slot this in. But that's exactly the same as the Hall & Oates version and the Bobby Helms version too. Like those both clock in at about a minute 50. That's true. So, I mean, you could take the originals, and I know, like, you're thinking, okay, Top 40, Hot AC could easily take Jingle Bell Pop from Pentatonix and use that, but Christmas music really has no boundaries on format for the most part. Yeah, like, you can do, like, pretty much whatever, as long as you say Christmas. I backselled on uh, the Top 40 stations this weekend, uh, out of John Mellencamp's I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Yeah. So, I mean, it like, that just goes to show the fluidity of Christmas music um, through formats and generations as well. Um, I will give kudos to Robbie Williams on this one, though. Like, it is, uh, it's a song called Can't Stop Christmas. And honestly, I think it has a great message for what we're going through with the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I my thoughts exactly like this is like the the 2020 Christmas song and I I enjoy every single second of it. Um again, kind of going back to our conversation earlier, is it probably going to age too well? I don't know, but I mean in this situation it might be a little different because it's um not specifically talking about any sort of event i think if you have a big major event that impacts somebody um and something maybe along the lines of uh a family member passing away before christmas happens and yeah it's happened to a lot of us where you know a lot of our family may have passed on within like the month before christmas or whatever yeah it gives you that vibe like, hey, no matter what, keep that spirit alive. Yeah, exactly. And like in terms of that message, I am all for it. And, you know, I, I haven't really listened to a whole lot of Robbie Williams before, but this song alone makes me want to go back and check out his other stuff because like it's just it, it's just that good. And I feel like this is probably like one of the better Christmas songs that I've heard in some time. Absolutely, I agree with you on that one. Um, this is a Tim add to the list, but it's a good yeah. song. 100 Gex, Sympathy 4, the number 4, The Grinch. Yeah, like, I, it, 
it's not sympathy for the devil other songs in the sense that it sounds like more ska punk rather than whatever it is a hundred gex do yeah yeah it's it's short sweet and wacky and i don't know it's just it's something i can kind of get behind Uh, short and sweet unlike the opposite of what i'm sure it was based off of in sympathy for the devil being six minutes and 15 seconds oh yeah (laughs) but yeah it's uh it's catchy honestly i was sitting here i mean it's only 212 uh, but I was sitting here for that entire 212, like yeah. bopping along to it. Yeah, and like there's, it's it's different, and that's really what I think I, I like the most about it because like I've never heard a Christmas song like this before. Yeah, yeah, and you know I I can only really handle a hundred gecks in very small doses, like one or two songs at a time. But you know this, I, I vibe with this, and. I will probably keep this in my Christmas playlists going forward. So we've also got this year uh, a John Bon Jovi Christmas has come out and uh, it's got um, a song on it called If I Get Home on Christmas Day, which also very symbolic for this year. And when this was released, uh, definitely we we didn't know what was going to happen yet for Christmas in a lot of places. And John Bon Jovi, he owes his career a lot Christmas a lot more than a lot of people think because the first ever song that he had been professionally paid to be on was a Christmas song absolutely um and then he also did a cover of Christmas all over again yeah and the one that you've put on the list a cover of the Pogues fairy tale of New York and I know you have something to say on this one yes and you know I will say you know I like John Bon Jovi. I like the music that he makes. I love his voice. But I feel that there was something missing from this cover on beha- on like on John Bon Jovi and that is a blood alcohol content of about 0. 0.09 or higher. <laughs> What you can't because it's just the nature of this song. In order for it to sound good, in order for it to sound authentic, you gotta be pretty freaking sloshed. Like, even I am, like, I'm, like, five drinks in, and I'm not, I don't feel like I am, like, not sober enough to sing that song. Did you, um, did you hear the story, like, less than a month ago, where Shane McGowan, the lead singer of the Pogue, says he's tired of hearing that song? Yeah, and <laughs> not only that, but a lot of people are mad at the BBC right now because they play an edited version of Fairy Tale of New York that excludes the homophobic slurs. Yeah, mainly the other F word. And the Pogues themselves have come out in favor of the BBC changing those lyrics because a it was a different time. Well, that's what, and that's the thing, though. When uh, the year that I think it, what was it, twenty eleven, that the CRTC tried censoring money for nothing. Yeah. Uh, twenty ten, twenty eleven, somewhere in there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, because of the homophobic slur, but when it was released, it a was uh produced in England. B was a different time 
And see, that word in the UK is slang for cigarette as well. Yeah, but they use the full other F word and not like true the three letter one. True. Yeah, that's very true. That being said, because of those instances, it did end up getting the pass at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's only the rock stations that now play the full version. Yeah. But swinging back around over to the Pogues, they are in favor of it. Like they've actually like said F you to like people who have complained about the change. So it, it kind of brings up the, the com- uh, kind of a philosophical conversation. Are you okay with censorship if the creators themselves are okay with it? Because at the end of the day, it is still their song. Yes, I would say in that instance, yes. Um, I I even find it weird, and I know we do this as radio quite often, where we'll cut the intros out of songs, or yeah. we'll make it a branded intro as well that has the station name and the artist saying, "Hi, I'm so and so, and this is my new song, such and such." We'll yeah. do that and cut out the intro but straight on cutting out the intro is just a little weird like i'm i'm do we're doing it on uh some of our stations and i'm still like trying to get used to it when i'm voice tracking um but it still seems weird to me that we are yeah but you know at the end of the day if you want to hear it in its raw uncut glory just go buy the song or stream it somewhere. At least when it comes to those instances, we're not cutting out the meat and bones of it. Exactly. Like you still get the general gist of the song. The rest of the song it's the, is there. It's just the intro cut off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, it, anyone who complains about the Pogues getting censored or any other song getting censored does not get to have an opinion on WAP. <laughs> We're not even going to get into WAP. We did that yeah. earlier in the year. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Maddie Gante, uh is out with a song called Merry Married Christmas. That is Merry Married Christmas. Yeah, I love it. Everything about this song is just super wholesome, and it just puts a smile on my face, and I, I dig it. Every time, though, that a song comes out from Maddie and Tay, you got you got to help but love it. Yeah. Like, even, like, uh, Die of a Broken Heart. Initially, when I first heard that song, I was like, I'm kind of, like, are, are we throwing it back to, like, late 90s, early 2000s country here right yeah. now with Carolyn Don Johnson? <laughs> but it, By it, the way, question, since you're in country radio, maybe you can answer this. Have Maddie and Tay managed to get past just being the girls that made girl on a country song i think so um i i i think they hold their own now and going back to that song die of broken heart i still hear it played quite often often not even just on our station but a lot of country stations and it's a recurrent by now Good. like but uh, but i'm but like a secondary recurrence, so it's in the lower tier. It's not getting played as often, ah. but it's still it's still there. So I think um, they do have their staying power now. 
Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad because like I, I am unironically a Maddie and Tay fan, and I'm just I'm I all I want for them is just to like be known for more than just "Girl in a Country" song, and I'm glad that they are you know having that other recognition because they are good. They are the real deal. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, going the complete opposite way in country. We got Florida Georgia Line and Lit This Year. Yeah, Lit This Christmas. Um, uh, So if you haven't heard the song, the lyrics basically are that the Christmas tree isn't the only thing getting lit this year. And I feel like even though we're still all going to have our virtual Christmases and stuff like that, that's gonna be us like we're still all going to be lit (laughs) we all need it let's be honest (laughs) yeah and i I like this song i i liked it a lot more than i thought i would when i first brought it up to you you're like eh eh." yeah like when i said fgl you were like eh yeah. And then you listen to it and you're like, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It, it does kind of hit a little different this year. Like, I feel like Christmas back when we can all be with our families again, then that song is going to be a lot better. But I don't know. I, I'm i a little hesitant to day drink this Christmas. What, you're not like, going to start having Bailey's? It's only fun when you're around other people. If you do it by yourself, it's just sad. I'm sorry, but Bailey's in the coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning is still going to be happening. Yeah. Do what you got to <laughs> do, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to lean on the sober side during Christmas Day. I'll have a few beers in the evening, but yeah. During the day, you'll, 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 you'll be good boy, Tim. Yeah, I'm going to be good boy, Tim. Okay, which of these songs, because we can't say, like, oh, which one's going to be number one and stuff like that on this one. Which one is going to have staying power in future years? You know, even though it it is very 2020, I do kind of think that Robbie Williams can't stop Christmas. I do think that has a lot of staying power with me. And it is, it's my personal favorite out of all of these. Uh, I'll agree on the staying power of it. Obviously, it won't be mainstream um, in terms of airplay on radio and stuff like that. In that regard, um, I'm going to give it to Lady A, Christmas Through Your Eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good call. That's a good call. I, I like that pick. I'm with, I agree. <laughs> okay, uh, we are going to... Well, we both need a refill probably by now. Actually, uh, no, I'm about... Eh. Halfway down this beer? Well, okay, we'll take a bathroom break. Yeah. (laughs) We'll uh, check in with Santa once again, who apparently has that surprise for me. When we come back, we're going to get back into more Christmas uh, tune discussion, but going backwards in time. Also, uh, how things might be a little bit unique this year in more ways than one. Stick around. The somewhat bland substance stay-at-home Christmas special continues. Okay, uh, this one's saying Peter would like to know if Santa ever gets afraid of heights when he flies so high in his sleigh. Oh, a uh, little unknown secret. Santa's afraid of heights. Really? But sometimes you just have to conquer your fears to get done what you need to get done. 
You heard it here first. <laughs> Some breaking news from Santa. <laughs> uh, Zachary wants to know how you fit so many presents in your sleigh. Well, Zachary, it's actually my magic sack. It just holds everything. And as I need it, it comes up. Again, it's that there's Santa magic. Uh Going back to the chimney thing, this one's saying, my son is asking why Santa just doesn't walk in through the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be on the ground level and people might see me. And I might get bit by a dog in the yard. No, 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 that's not true. Doggies wouldn't bite Santa. <laughs> How do you get around the dogs? Because they're like, they always like to bark and stuff like that when somebody comes in. Santa magic and a pocket full of milk bones. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and before we get into something, uh, I guess, because uh, I've been told you have a change for me, before we get to that, uh, this one asking, what does Santa do the rest of the year? Well, we have lots of toys to make for the boys and girls all around the world. And, you know, I might go to Mexico or Hawaii, just a little rest, me and Mrs. Claus by ourselves for a month or so. But then we're right back at it, getting ready for the next year. All right. So you you told me a few weeks ago when I talked to you that I actually somehow made it on the nice list this year. I don't know how that happened. Is that still how it is? <laughs> uh, actually, no. What? I did something the other day that caught my attention. <laughs> Was it that Facebook stirrup that I did? <laughs> God stir up something on Facebook. That would never happen. No, not at all. I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, not this year. Sorry, boss. What what happened? I, I, I don't remember the specific thing. But it's okay, you're still getting a present. And it's a really nice present. What is it? It's a do-it-yourself diamond kit. <sighs> That's just coal, isn't it? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> You'll find out on Christmas morning, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> and Santa- everybody knows that diamonds are made of coal with a lot of pressure. Oh, Santa, I know you're a very busy man, so uh, I'll let you finish off with some holiday greetings, and I'll let you get back to whatever it is you're doing with the elves and the toys. Okay, thanks, Scott. It's always nice to talk to you. Ho, 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 everybody. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody out in Radio Land. Be good, be safe, stay healthy. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, welcome back to Somewhat Bland Substance, the stay-at-home Christmas special. Again, I am Scott Mitchell. That's Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show. And I am on the naughty list, according to Santa. What did you do? He he can't pinpoint it, but I, I'm I'm guessing it's what he mentioned there a little bit about me potentially stirring something up on Facebook a week and a half ago. I guess nobody in Alberta is getting presents then. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That one cuts deep, man. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We still have a little bit to do here on uh, the stay-at-home Christmas special uh, before we go. And um, the next thing I want to get into, because we did our Christmas music meeting, so we've looked at the new music. But music in the past 
for Christmas has remained timeless in some regards. Other ones have been complete crap, but there have been a lot of really good Christmas songs released in the past. So we kind of wanted to chat a little bit about the, the best original Christmas songs. Now I'm not talking covers. I'm talking the originals. The like absolutely like bare bones first time ever written and recorded. And I have to, there's a few that I could easily give this to, uh, as to the big ones. Um, I, I think the ones that always stick out to me and maybe it's just because uh, it's um, it's even on a bigger factor, bigger scale this year. Uh, they're, they're both similar. U2's Christmas Baby, Please Come Home and the Eagles, Please Come Home for Christmas. They always resonate with me well. Interesting choices too. I know, uh, but at the same time, like they're they're timeless. They are, though. That U two song, I'm I'm pretty sure that's like that that is a cover. Is it? Hang on. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, it's like I think it was originally recorded on a Phil Spector album, Darlene Love. Yeah, that was okay. So I stand corrected. You're right. Now that. Uh, now I see Darlene Love. Yes. yes. But to I be will... honest, you're probably better off listening to the U2 version just because like less money going towards Phil Spector. For reasons regarding the original aspect of this, I will retract my Christmas baby please come home comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, U2 or um, the Eagles please come home for Christmas. Just... Um, it, it it's really resonating especially this year i mean it has in all years uh that i've been gone since i i left home and not in medicine hat now but this year in particular it's like you know i i i want to be there for all of christmas but it's not going to physically be possible because of the world we're in yeah it's only right now though i know yeah you got you got to remember it's going to get better soon yeah, um, one can hope. Actually, I was uh, on a, a, a Teams call earlier in the week with uh, where our general manager made a comment, and she's like, "It's." Uh, she actually made kind of a prediction that in three months we're going to start seeing things get a lot better, especially with the vaccine rollout that's been happening. And I, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I really, really freaking hope so. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? Ah, uh, gosh, for me, um, you know, I really want to say Boney M, Mary's Boy Child. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah. And, like, I was looking into this album to see how popular it is. It really, like, it's most popular in Canada out of all places. Like, everywhere else, they aren't really known for their Christmas music. And I find it so puzzling because the Boney M Christmas album is like, I, it, it's one I grew up on. I consider it to be like the like A plus tier Christmas album. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're you're correct on that one. I'll give you that. Um, the other one I'm going to throw into the mix because my Christmas baby, please come home, was trampled on. Uh, Elton John, step into Christmas. Oh my god, I love that song so much. 
It was the first one. So I did the Radiothon in Lac La Biche a few weeks ago. First Christmas song I played was Step Into Christmas because I really like needed to get into that mode. Yeah. And, and like uh, it worked coming out of Gowan's cosmetics somehow. <laughs> yeah. And really like every time that you hear like one of those upbeat Elton John songs, like Elton John has this uncanny ability to make everything a little more cheerful and having that, having him do step into Christmas, I think like it's always going to be a great way to start off a party and start off like Christmas celebrations. There's just something about it. Did I, now that we're on that, did I ever tell you my, uh, my friend, Nicole, shout out Nicole. Hi, if you're listening, you're probably not. Uh, <laughs> she, um, one time admitted, and you're just talking, talking about the uptempo, Elton John songs reminded me of this. She once admitted to thinking that Crocodile Rock was actually called Alligator Rock. Excuse me? That's what I said. Huh? Like, I, I know they're, they look similar, but... Can I hear Eye of the Lion? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, And she does not live that down for me to this day. Yeah. Like I was working in classic hits radio in medicine hat when she admitted that to me. And I was like, okay, that's show prep for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope I'm, I hope I'm back selling it. Yeah. Alligator rock. Like definitely one of a kind. That's, that's all I could say. One of a kind personality right there. Yeah, pretty much. And the only person on the whole face of the earth who would call it Alligator Rock. I, I don't understand it either. So you can join me in that. Okay, I'm going to add into this, though. Uh, it's not on the prep sheet. Uh, but our uh, my buddy Sean Ross at Ross on Radio, he's one of the uh, big consultants. He posted on Twitter uh, the other day asking what the best Canadian Christmas song is. And there was a lot of, um, like, Brian Adams' version of Run Run Rudolph. There was um, also his uh, Christmas Time, Reggae Christmas was on there. There was a few others, and I threw into the mix Honeymoon Sweet, I Believe in Father Christmas. That is a very, very good version I, I'm more partial to the original by Emerson Lake and Palmer, but Honeymoon Suite do that song justice. It was just Greg Lake. Right, but it, it was on an Emerson Lake and Palmer album, though. It, it was, but it was Greg Lake solo. Yeah. So, j just wanted to clarify that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we're in radio, we do that. We need to cite our sources and make sure we're somewhat correct. Right. <laughs> that is what true. Uh, so, okay. So then what would you say for Canadian? Uh, it, it really is a tough choice. So I'm going to lean in and just, you know, Michael Buble, any one of his Christmas songs. Like, I... His voice is just so perfect for the holidays. I want you to touch on this one, though. And it's it's another Canadian one. Yeah. Um, but there was some there was a video you sent me the other night about Joni Mitchell's River. Yeah. So just walk us through that video a little bit. OK, so it was 
it was basically just a video essay talking about how, you know, it's not really too much about Christmas. It's more just about like being like alone on Christmas. Cause Joni Mitchell, she wrote this song after breaking up with Graham Nash. And even though they were, they were only together for a short time, she considers him one of the great loves of her life. And that breakup, it like, it really broke her. And, you know, you can really hear it on that song and how, like, this song, it's like, it's like, kind of sums up being alone on Christmas and, like, having the person who did that video just really, like, lean into Christmas. Like, I, I actually, like, ended up bursting in tears while I was watching this video. Yeah, um, I want to also mention that this song was never meant to be a Christmas song. It just so happened to take place around Christmas itself, um, rather than being about Christmas. But, and that's an interesting conversation to have too, because I find a lot of that, a lot of songs that mention Christmas in it are not Christmas songs. Um, Just quickly... The Pretenders 2,000 Miles, for example. That, um, Taylor Swift's Back to December. It's not a Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, there, oh. Then there's uh, <laughs> then there's You by uh, David James is a new country song that we're playing uh, with Genevieve Fisher on it. It's featured vocals. Mentions Christmas in it. Isn't a Christmas song. So there's a lot of that as well. But it's, it's, it's funny how this is Joni Mitchell's most covered song. Yeah, like it, it's it might even be one of the most covered songs in history too. C- considering you know Joni Mitchell had Woodstock in her repertoire. Yeah, and, and I would think automatically Joni Mitchell that that's the one that or Big Yellow Taxi. Mm-hmm. But River actually has four hundred and thirty-two different recordings. Really? Yeah. I knew there were a lot, but I didn't know there were that many. It's insane. Oh, okay. I will say it's uh, based on what I'm reading on Wikipedia. Uh, the only one by her that has more is bo- uh, both sides now. Okay. But because there's so many versions of River, like there's even a Robert Downey Jr. version of River. Yeah, I remember. I think that was even in like one of our old music libraries. It too. was. It, I, it's still there. Uh, <laughs> James Taylor has a version. Sarah McLaughlin has a version. Uh, Ellie Goulding has a version. And it's it's one of those songs that's still ringing through to today. Um, it, it, it's still being used. Like there's a popular Netflix series out for Christmas right now called Dash and Lily. That even references it in there. Also, there's a reference, and I'm so... It looks like he's not going to be able to join us. I haven't heard from him. Tyler Carr, uh, my buddy from Winnipeg, was supposed to be joining us. Uh, hopefully tonight. I don't think it's going to happen. But in Dash and Lily, I have to talk about this. This is hilarious. Okay. So it is a Christmas show. Yeah. Um, at Near the end, the um, brother of Lily... 
mentions something about I don't remember who my first kiss was. My second kiss, though, was Tyler Carr. And I burst out laughing as soon as I heard that there was a clip involving Tyler in that. But it's not like not it's totally fictional (laughs) but it's just funny that that's the name that they used (laughs) that is like what are the odds (laughs) right (laughs) oh who would have thought for that matter but yeah uh river was also used in that so it's it's one of those songs that rings through to today still Mm -hmm. so uh yeah moving on from that it has uh definitely been a, a weird year. It has. A unique year. Did it's going to be a year to remember and a year that there are parts that I want to forget, but you I know what? to stay this it's, one. It's not a complete write-off. So, and actually, we'll talk about that near the end of the show. Yeah. Because um, I do want to give a little bit of the highlights, if you will, from mm-hmm. our year in particular, um, near the end. But this is this is something I want to stay. <laughs> um, the Mandalorian, great show. I watched the finale yesterday, and it was it was just the best. Did you hear what's happening with tree toppers this year? <laughs> I did, and I am all for it. So typically, like the tree topper is the angel or the star or something along those lines. Something that is beating it out in twenty twenty is baby yoda yeah <laughs> but you gotta admit li- little baby yoda or i guess we'll use his real name grogu uh, baby yoda that's yeah. all we like he'll forever be known as baby yoda yeah probably um yeah twitter users starting post started posting it earlier in the month um some have them like in antlers some have them in santa shirts some have them just holding a Christmas ornament. Some have them as a stocking, like me. We are going to need that for a teaser picture for this episode. <laughs> Give me one quick second. Okay. Uh, well, Tim's getting that. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it it's being used as a festive tree topper. I've actually seen a lot of this actually happening like on my social media feeds any anyway uh whether it's um the stories or fleets on twitter for that matter i'm just seeing baby yoda everywhere oh my god his stocking legitimately has baby yoda on it yep like my not not like a doll of baby yoda but an imprint of baby yoda on it yep i love this thing Please take a picture of that so that we have a teaser pick for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. How, sh- how should I do this? Uh... <laughs> I, 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 how about I, I take the picture? Yes, okay? you, see, you take the picture. Just take, just take a screenshot, okay? Okay. Just hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, we are good. It is saved. (laughs) I am going to put that somewhere so I don't lose it. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so Baby Yoda taking the world by storm, including in Tim's area. Yeah, but really, like, out of everything that's come across the the world the past few months, you got to admit, Baby Yoda is probably one of the best things 
I mean, you can't help but love Baby Yoda. Let's yeah. be honest. Just so itty bitty and so cute, and just want to snuggle him and like just tell him everything's gonna be okay. Uh, ever. Just too <laughs> precious. Oh my god. Okay, Tim, you go with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, before we get into talking about you know our highlights of the year and whatnot, um, uh, let's look at look back. I guess, first of all, as to our past Christmases and what they typically look like. Tim, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so, you know, being a, being a kid who had separate households, Christmas usually looked in, like, one of two ways. So either, and usually it'd be spending Christmas on my mom's side of the family. So it'd be, you know, my mom my my sister my uncle and my grandma we'd all get together and we would spend time together and we wouldn't really like do too much present opening until like about like after after breakfast right yeah but it'd just be like just a lot of hanging out spending time together just talking usually have a christmas movie on the background um over on my dad's side let's see then i would probably go Let's see. Christmas story would be on a, on an infinite loop in the background pretty much all day. That is just like a must for uh, my dad's side of the family. A uh, lot of video games going on and just just vibing. Just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. Um, so my side of things. Um, in, in the last few years, they really changed at my house um they, it, it, without getting too sad on it a lot of it had to do with um deaths of family members and specifically my grandparents like i it's just my grandpa on my mom's side left at this point but i remember years ago like our house from all the family was the place to be uh my entire family on my mom's side would be there uh, my dad's side same thing despite like my dad's side uh, some years my aunt down in Texas wouldn't be able to make it which understandable because it's Texas and it's a long trip yeah um, then there was also my aunt and uncle up in Lac La Biche um, and, but then the majority of my mom's family was either Medicine Hat or Calgary Mm -hmm. uh so very easy to get everyone together at that point like i remember christmases where there was like gatherings of 20 25 people in our house easily um and then in recent years it's really dwindled down you know family uh isn't all living in medicine hat anymore more of them are uh, in calgary or in other places for that matter and everyone's I all grown up my aunt and uncle from Lac La Biche, they haven't made it down in a number of years, et cetera, et cetera. So really the last few years, it's really changed. And on Christmas day itself, it's usually just my mom and dad, my brother, myself, and my grandpa. Just like we have a small gathering anyway. I mean, this year it's going to have to be even smaller because of the restrictions, obviously. Yeah. But still, like, it's, uh, 
<laughs> I didn't think we could get smaller in that regard. <laughs> yeah, but as it turns out, I guess we can. Though, yeah. it kind of blows. Yeah, so, I mean, this year, it's it's going to be a little different. Yeah. Um, what exactly is your plan this year, Tim? Well, um, I am not going home for Christmas. I am going to be spending it just by myself. But I am going to be, you know, calling as many people as I can, friends, family, just whoever I can talk to. And I'm going to work on doing a video chat. I, uh, I'm also going to order a plate of Christmas dinner. Um, the community event center here in town. Nice. They are doing like $20 turkey dinner plates. So I'm oh, going to try and cool. get one of those. Then you don't have to do the cooking either. Exactly. And I mean, like, I, I, I've never cooked a turkey before anyways. And if it's just myself, there's no way I'm starting this year. No. <laughs> Get one of those. And I, I talked to somebody earlier about it. I can't remember what the brand is on it. So don't ask me. But there is like a small, like, it's a little bit more processed in terms of a turkey. Yeah. But it's still turkey meat involved with it and you can buy those it comes in a little box and you can just throw that in the oven too huh interesting i'll 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 look for that but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting and a little a lot different this year one thing i find really funny though is after christmas last year we all kind of decided that like the next christmas like christmas 2020 we decided that we weren't going to do presents. Like we would just focus on hanging out. We do the decorating. We do the dinner. We just wouldn't give gifts. And I just want to like say on the record, if like Christmas can go back to normal, I I am fully planning on going back to buying gifts for my family. Cause I don't know. Like it just, I feel like it might've jinxed it. See, I know it's a- stupid, but I, and I'm not really a superstitious person, but that's just kind of the thought that's going through my head. You're not really superstitious. You're just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's kind of the good thing um, as well. In I, I don't think you need to necessarily worry about the superstition regarding that. Um, a few years ago, my friends and I back home, like my close circle we would get gifts for each other. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have to be anything big, but in a typical year, I was still spending three, $400 on gifts easily. Yeah. And that was just for medicine hat, let alone getting stuff for my aunt and uncle, as well as my, uh, some of my close friends up in Laclabish and whatnot. Um, and then back in, I think, 2017 or 2018 was the first year where we all said to each other, like, like in terms of my friends, let's not worry about getting gifts for each other this year. If you're good with not getting a gift, I'm good because I got to save money, right? Yeah. Um, And that really took things down. And this year, I'm really only having to buy from my mom and dad. So, like... Yeah. The, the budget's gone down, which is a good thing, but it's just shitty how it had to at the same time when you look at the big picture. Yeah, yeah, but it's, like I said, it's it's going to make the next Christmas all the more special, and I'm hoping next Christmas we'll get a chance to hang out too because, like, I want to... 
I want to do like a, a recreation of the, of the Christmas parties because like, you know, <laughs> we could record this Christmas me, special in person. Yeah, exact. That's what I want to do. And also I, I want I want to jump in the pool. <laughs> and this time, Chad's not your boss. <laughs> Exa- I, yes. And I actually have a thought about that. I want like when things get better, I want you to keep tabs on on the on the hub the Lloyd party <laughs> find out what it, when the party is i'm gonna go back and as chad is doing the toast i'm going to yell cannonball and jump in the pool and like as he comes up i'll be just be like hey what's up you better hope chad doesn't listen to this like <laughs> I don't think he will, but this might be the one episode where he's like, oh, God. (laughs) If that is the case, Merry Christmas, Chad. (laughs) Yes, Merry Christmas, Chad. Um, Okay, so now that we've gone through all the depressing shit. Yeah. What was your highlight of 2020? (sighs) That's that's an easy one. Um, Definitely, you know... Somehow, in the midst of everything, in the midst of social distancing, starting up a new relationship. What the hell is social distancing? <laughs> okay, let me Sorry. try that again. Let me try yes, that again. Take another drink. Take another drink. Take another drink. In the midst of social distancing. Okay. Getting into a new relationship. Applause for Tim. Applause yeah. for Tim. Hold for applause. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, just meeting my girlfriend, that was a highlight of this year. And it's like, also getting a fresh start. I finally got to, you know, it, like, even before getting laid off, it was kind of an ambition for me to, like, get into a different market and get out of Alberta. Like I want to, ex- I wanted to experience more of Canada, and now I that opportunity has somehow been given to me. So I, I it's nice having a fresh start. I miss everyone back in Wainwright so much, and I can't wait to go back there and celebrate. Like, you know, just when everything gets better. But you know, I feel like it's kind of a good thing that I managed to get out here. You know, I uh, I would tend to agree with you on things like that. If you would have told me at the start of the year, the whirlwind that we would have to go through this year, not just you and I, Tim, I'm talking yeah. the world as a whole. Yeah, but- like this is a year full of stuff that like any other year, just one of these things not even just the pandemic, everything else that happened along the way would have dominated the news cycle for like months and months instead of just a couple days. Yeah. So, um, I will say as well, uh, similar to what you said is your, your secondary option, if you will. Um, moving to cameras was the highlight of my year. Don't get me wrong. I love lack and lack, everyone up there was so good to me. I have so many great friends up there who will be lifelong friends. That is 100% of the way. But 
I found it very draining. Um, and I, I was talking to friends at some point uh, recently, and I said, I miss the people. I don't miss the politics. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not talking about the government when I say the word politics. I'm just talking about how everything works. And I will be forever grateful for the opportunities that were presented to me in Lac Labiche. I'll be forever grateful for the friends I have up there, whether I talk to you often or we just chat every once in a while over Facebook. I am so, so appreciative for everyone up there. But I needed a change. Yeah. And without hesitation, I accepted the job in cameras. And yeah. it's really what I needed. And the fact that I'm now living in a city is I think what I craved once again, like just, just having that atmosphere. I love the small town. I, I, I could fit myself into any surrounding I need to, but I really felt like, I think I was missing the city aspect. Plus being 45 minutes to Edmonton now. It's awesome. Isn't it? <laughs> that, that is awesome. Cause I got lots of friends in Edmonton and even in central Alberta where I am now, there's so much family I have, like, in the Red Deer and Sylvan Lake and Innisfail area. Yeah. Then I'm, um, I, I, I can't wait once we finally get out of this to be able to get closer to them. It's going to be great. Like, there's, there's just a whole bunch of great experiences ahead in the future to look forward to. I just, I never, I never thought that this is how I would be moving to a different community. <laughs> I know it's, it's been super wild and, and absolutely. And I think you can agree with me on this moving in a pandemic. It sucks because you don't know anybody. Yeah. Like to try to get out to meet people right now is extremely difficult. I am so, so happy. My friends, Jason and Shannon from Lac La Biche, they just moved here with, uh, their son and daughter as well. And I found out that they were moving here just hours after I announced it. Shannon messaged me and Jay called me mm -hmm. and it was, I guess that little glimmer of, Oh my God, at least I'm going to know people in a town where I don't know people. And Melissa here as well. Uh, shout out to Melissa. Uh, she is fantastic. Her and I had talked on the phone a few times before dealing with sales stuff along the way. And she has made this move super easy on me as well. That um, hasn't thrown a lot at me. She's helped me out so much in terms of getting to know the community as much as we possibly can at the moment. Uh, and I, I mean, Jackie Ray as well. A legend in her own regard, too. Oh, absolutely. And she has been super helpful and really pushing me to to still try to do my best in a time that is very dark and um what's the word I'm like for? Uh mentally breaking. <laughs> yeah, like it it's it, it's hard. Like obviously we want to do our best, but you know, let's face it. I'm in survival mode right now. You're probably in survival mode right now. We're just, we're doing our best to get through this. But one thing that, you know, I think like 
even I, I've needed to have this reminder a few times too. Like, you know, back when we were in Wainwright and Lac Labiche, we managed to make a name for ourselves. We managed to get into those those communities pretty well. But you know what? We can do it again. Yeah. We have that ability. We had the method of success for ourselves and we know what worked and didn't work for us. We just need to try to recreate that while learning a new demographic as to who's in our communities. Yeah. And not only that, but this is like, this is an opportunity for us to reinvent ourselves, which I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit. I have no idea how. (laughs) But, you know, do we really know what's going on, though? (laughs) Not really. Um, Yeah. Okay. I I think, though, we're uh, we're getting close to wrapping things up here for tonight. Tim, uh, I I would love for you to give your final uh, word as well. Your final Christmas greeting. All right. Um, Obviously, Christmas 2020. It does kind of suck compared to other Christmases, but you know what? Um, It's only one Christmas, hopefully. It's going to make the next one all the more special, and I'm going to do my best to have a Merry Christmas. I hope you will, too, because, you know, that's just what we need. We need to find joy right now. So let's do that. Uh, Yeah, I... uh, It's hard to put what's gone on in the last 12 months into words. Uh, we we can draw uh, drag ourselves on and talk about this as much as we possibly can, but if you think, for example, that it is all this news about COVID and whatnot is draining and you're tired of it, try being the people who have had to deliver that news for the no entire. Kidding. Do you think I like talking about COVID all the time? No, I hate it. I hate that it's like all that there is to talk about but the one thing and i know it's cheesy to say um the it's the old phrase of what doesn't kill us makes us stronger and we will come out of this pandemic stronger as human beings and i say that knowing in full regard there are people out there who have made this pandemic god-awful and very shitty for the rest of us who are trying to do our part. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we are one community. It doesn't matter if you're in Camrose or Vanderhoof. Doesn't matter if you're in Edmonton or Saudi Arabia. Doesn't matter if you're in Moscow or London. We are one community as a world and we will push through this together. And all we're asking is for you to just limit how you're celebrating Christmas this year and we'll make it better in 2021. And oh man, like I said earlier, it better be a freaking rager. <laughs> we will make it a rager. So uh, on behalf of myself and my family, I do hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, however it is that you're celebrating this year. I hope you are celebrating responsibly still, and I'm not just talking on the public health restrictions side. Don't drink and drive, all that jazz. And be good, be safe, be healthy, be kind. And I know, again, it's cliche, but we will make it happen. Especially you and I, Tim, where we will see each other next year. And I can't wait. 
This has been Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. Make sure you're following me on social media. I'll also make sure you give uh, Tim a follow on social media. Find the Tim Gavin Show on Facebook. Uh, what's your Twitter and Instagram again? Uh, Tim Gavin Radio. Perfect. Uh, as for me, you can find Scott Mitchell on Facebook, and I'm on pretty much every other single social media as at Scott Mitchell FM. Tim, one final cheers. Thanks for joining me. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Talk to you soon.